This video is brought to you by Black Moon Games. Check out their products at shop-black-moon.com. Tonight, we're talking about things that, when we look at certain games and whether or not we'd be interested in them, what are certain characteristics of games that we immediately make our, I don't know, our judgments on, like whether it's positive or negative? Um, I, I thought about this because I knew that the store has an item that I was very excited about early on, and now I'm kind of on the fence about it. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Masters of the Universe, the new, that new series. We're going to talk about the Transformers series. We're going to talk about G.I. Joe Snake Eyes, which, oh my word. Let's just, yeah, stick around. It's the Chaotic Good Cast. Game features that we prefer and some that we don't. Everyone, welcome to the Chaotic Good Cast, our weekly geeky roundtable. I'm your host, Doug Shoot. With me are my fellow casters, Ben Higgins from Core Staff Games. I think, despite, despite popular opinion, I am not my own evil twin. Ben, what happened to your hair? I, uh, well, I was showing my roots, and I said, well, it's time to, uh, to instead of redying everything, start from scratch and uh, just uh, see what happens over the course of the summer. It gets hot out. I don't want to carry around it that does. much hair. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even in the chat, the hungry Ewok says, that's not Ben! <laughs> it's, not, it's, not. it's a doppelganger. <laughs> Artist, illustrator, author of Story Comic, the one and only Barney Smith. You know, I tried being modest once, as expected. I was amazing at it. <laughs> You're like the most humble guy I know, Barney. <laughs> Besides myself. <laughs> I mean, you probably come in a close second. Yeah, and I'm a kick-ass pacifist, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And our resident geek of the north, the one and only Jason Hunt. Give it up for Jason Hunt. It is hot again, and it's smoky outside. I hate it, and I want it to stop. <laughs> Isn't it usually cold up there, though? Usually it's really cold up here. But for well, some reason, all of July and like the beginning of August now has been an inferno up here. There's no rain. We have forest fires everywhere. It's like the apocalypse. Okay. Well, you usually complain that it's too cold. No, no. I will never in my life complain that it's too cold. <laughs> okay. And we complain. I'll say it's too cold you. to do things. Yeah, we can. We complain for you. Like frequently, it's too cold to go outside. But I mean, I'm not complaining. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to remind folks that if you're listening to the audio podcast uh, instead of the live recording, you can join us every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Just search for Victory Condition Gaming and give us a subscribe there. You can join us and be a part of the chat just like Walter is right now. Walter says the best dad joke today. No, Walter, uh, don't, don't encourage him. I don't, yeah. Walter, <laughs> don't, don't do that. You have no idea the kind of <laughs> suffering he puts us through throughout the week to get to this point where he picks his favorite dad joke. <laughs> and of course we've got virtual amanda call in the chat uh, instead of on screen so amanda's going to be moderating the chat uh this evening oh against. a chat moderator have we got what? have we gotten that level of that we need a chat moderator so no, she, 
really actually give her control, but we're just going to if if she if there's any any chat that gets out of hand, she's just going to mom voice uh, the mom chat. Voice. Like, so I, I all I gotta say though, Doug, it is possible to have Amanda and I on at the same time. You don't need to be one or the other here. I think I, I'm not sure if that actually can be the matter thing. and antimatter. Yeah, I don't I don't think that that can be the case. So. All right, yeah, we've got some uh, we've got some great uh, subjects to talk about tonight. So we got some great topics. Uh, we're going to talk new at the store. We're going to talk about the pop culture corner. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about in the pop culture corner, and then we're going to talk about things that uh, game attributes that maybe turn us off immediately, or maybe the game attributes that we like about certain games, and then we're always going to be you know pre prefer uh, they're, they're always going to be preferenced. Uh, Preferable, I guess. I don't know. Is that a word? I guess maybe. English is a good language. <laughs> yeah, it too. is. It is. You should try it sometime. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's get to uh, our first segment, and that, of course, is new at the store. Show me the money! Show me the money! We're gonna we're gonna definitely show off some money today, because uh, we've got two uh, two pretty hyped up properties coming in here. Uh, first up is the Pokemon TCG Trainers Toolkit. Uh, wow. This uh, this is something that Pokemon has needed for a while. They were doing it like every year, but then COVID got in the way and there wasn't a 2020 version. Uh, but it's back now, 2021. Um, you get 50 cards that allow you to power up your deck, tons of trainer cards, a couple of copies of, uh, of a V version of Crobat, which is uh, definitely... A powerful thing for newer players to get into. You get energy cards, which is extremely important because without energy, you can't actually play the game. Uh, four booster packs are in here. You get card sleeves, a deck builder's guide, a full rule book for the game, uh, dice uh, that are good to use uh, in tournaments, and condition markers, all of that. And you get an online uh, code that allows you to get all of these things in their online client as well. So it's a Pretty, uh, pretty robust offering. Definitely something anyone who's got young kids or uh, if you yourself are looking to get into the Pokemon TCG, you're going to want to pick one of these up because everything in here will be usable for you right out of the box. Uh, is it for established players and collectors? Not really. Hopefully the Pokemon mania will uh, kind of leave this product alone and it doesn't get snatched up by... Uh, speculators, because honestly, the, the booster packs are older packs in it. Uh, they're not meant for people to, to pick up, try to flip quickly. This is for players. Uh, I really hope the, the Pokemon community lets the players get these and we can get these in the hands of, of young folks and new, uh, new players uh, as best we can. Yeah, when when I was looking for images for this, I hope I grabbed the right one, but I did notice that they were that they had put some out in previous years. They all kind of had the same design. Um, yeah. Is it just? Do you think that maybe just because of COVID and everything, they they stopped doing 2020 and they just kind of put it off until, or or, I, or or do you think this was a 2020 product and they just kind of held it off until 2021? I don't think it's necessarily, I mean, the the designs and everything for the sleeves and the box and, and the dice absolutely could have been pushed back from the 2020 product. Uh, but I don't think it was necessarily intended that this be a 2020 release and then it just kept getting pushed back. I think they looked at 
what they were able to do in terms of COVID, what was available in, in terms of logistics and shipping, and just said, uh, no one's playing our game right now. Let's just hold off this product that is intended for players and gotcha. and, and save a little bit of money. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm ecstatic to have it back in. Uh, it's 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 a really cool product. And um, I, I kind of wish Magic did something like this. They did, uh, Magic did this a while ago too. And they stopped and I'm just like, why? This is such a good product for 20 bucks or so. I can hand it to a new player and say, there, you've got everything you need to get started. It's yeah. a fantastic price point. Uh, the booster packs add a little spice, a little flavor to it. And yeah, it's just, um, this is going to get a lot of uh, a lot of people uh, who have maybe heard about some of the Pokemon hype into the game and hopefully retain them as players. Nice. Nice. Oh, I hey, some of those hey. magic ones when they came out with those, actually. I really like Pokemon. Even as an experienced player, I was like, this is just a cool product. Hmm. I got something to add to this conversation. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, Ben. <laughs> How do you get Pikachu on a bus? <laughs> How do you get Pikachu on a bus? You Pokemon. Uh, Barney gets his first mute of the night, and uh, yikes. <laughs> Barney's making up for lost time, for lost yes. episodes that uh, he, he has not joined us and, and given us a dad joke. So I guess that's... Uh, <laughs> Come on, fighting that! Woo! <laughs> Here goes Team Smith blasting off again. <laughs> yes, Ewok has said it all. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like uh, the the I, I could even though I didn't hear it, I could feel the the uh, collective chat just groan uh, on just, that one. Uh, there was a great disturbance in the uh. fourth. <laughs> Why do I turn in every week to listen to Barney? For real. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that I'm really looking forward to this. And I know Doug, you kind of talked a little bit uh, about our second item, or alluded to it in the opening I, there. I just I uh, did allude to it. I didn't I didn't did mention what it, it was. Yeah. I was trying to keep that mystique so people stayed. It was kind of like that that that, that little tie-in, the kind of like the little teaser, to grab to you, get people to to keep people engaged. Yeah. I mean, eventually our, our <laughs> eventually our video viewers are going to realize that now that I'm live at the store new at the store actually appears over my shoulder yes. <laughs> so uh but we're talking, about, we're talking about descent legends of the dark this is the new version of uh of descent that's coming in um it is like okay so doug has the graphic that's up in front of my head right now of the box <laughs> uh that is literally the size of it as if i was actually holding it because if i if i just grab if i grab the box here and i hold it appropriately there you go that's this <laughs> this box is ridiculous this has so much stuff in it um as you can see the box lid is actually floating a good inch above the interior with all the uh with all the packing material that they put in there to kind of keep everything safe during shipping um but yeah that's this this has been uh kind of the culmination of a rather lengthy social media campaign that fantasy flight games has put out they asked a lot of their partner stores their retailers to post things to their social media different puzzles almost like an augmented reality type puzzle thing where people could go into videos look for things try to solve little mysteries report back and they had a chance to actually win some stuff 
uh, prior to the game getting launched, and stores able to do this um, would get uh, the ability to get the boxes uh, about a week ahead of time and and put it out for sale. But there was a lot of miscommunication on that, and most stores haven't actually sold it early. So Friday, August 6th, uh, stop by your store, and you should be able to pick that up. Uh, one of the things that the stores did get, uh, so if you do swing by your local store, and you want to pick this up uh, there are three kind of giveaways that they will have these are in limited numbers so you may want to check in with them early uh, but there is a set of uh, uh, alternate weapon cards this is different art for the starting weapons you get two for each of the starting characters uh, which is pretty cool i like the i like the art style quite honestly i'm i honestly hadn't really look too much at the art style but these these cards are kind of starting to grab me i might have to look and see more what's inside the box uh you get these nice heavy duty hey hey, hey Doc, i'm gonna i'm gonna change your mind in about two seconds are those pogs? uh yes these are oversized pogs or uh really nice acrylic life counters for your characters you get a set of four of these as part of a early pre-order pre-buy thing and then uh you also get a promo figure uh this is the hybrid centurion promo figure and we're going to unbox this live uh because mm. it is really really cool um i didn't know what these minis were going to be until i opened this box and i gotta say i am actually fairly impressed with the quality that we're seeing here i'm trying to get, get my camera to that's a remarkable amount of detail it. even but there is a ton of detail on here um there we go. Oh, wow. And uh, it's actually got some pre-shading and everything on there. Yeah. Uh, and this just is... Just one piece, or did you have to assemble that? This is one piece. This came out of the box. Literally, um, all I did was put it back in the packaging prior to the, the showing it off now, here. Now I've got to hear Doug's gripe about this. Um, but yeah, this is this is a sweet mini, Doug. And uh, it is. It's pretty nice looking. It, it, it's good. It's good quality plastic. It was better quality plastic than I actually expected to get out of Fantasy Flight Games. I okay. I mean, I'll go on about this game. I I, I, <laughs> I was very excited when when this game was announced. I was very excited to hear about it, and I was very excited to know more about it because Descent Second Edition is one of my favorite games of all time. It's probably up there in my top 10. Um, not just because of the, I mean, the gameplay is just great all by itself. It's a great, has a great app integration. My brother, I have great memories of playing it. In fact, you can go back and look on the on the channel. There's, there's videos of, of me and my brother streaming gameplay of Descent Second Edition. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Um, my, I think my brother has all of the Descent Second Edition at this point. So when they announced that they were doing a new Descent game, and this isn't Descent Third Edition, let's let's make that correct. Let's yeah. give this give let, let everybody it know is, this is, is not Third new, Edition. This is game. a whole yep. new game. There are a few similarities here and there, but it is a new game. The minis look very very good. From what I can tell, and from what Ben Ben just showed, you can tell that the minis are, are look top notch. I'm going to disagree with the art style. <laughs> I think the art style looks kind of weird, and is not really something that that I dig too much. Um, some of the designs are really out there for 
some some of the characters, but whatever. I mean, it's it's its own art style. It's fine. You either like it or you don't. It's fine for me. It's kind of a miss. And <laughs> he's he's collating his thoughts. <laughs> he is. He's this is. this game. What the game is going to retail for? How much? Like that? That's a big big uh, big honking box. All right. What's, so this what's, what's it what's it retail for? This game will retail for about half what you spend on an average Kickstarter. Just putting that out there. Um, <laughs> so mm, I, it's, it's one seventy five <laughs> US dollars is the MSRP on it. So one seventy five for a, a dungeon crawler. Okay, dungeon crawlers. I you know you all know I love my love me my dungeon crawlers. Like if there's a dungeon crawler out there, I have more than likely taken a look at it. This one. Strictly app-driven, three D terrain figures. Put, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can set it up so that it has overlays and underlays. So like, as you can see on the screen, you can see that there's like water and lava underlays that you put over these tiles. So you can give it kind of a three D effect. And I'm not gonna say it's not gonna look nice on a table. It's gonna look amazing on a table. If you're at a convention and you see this setup, you're gonna stop and say, "Oh my god, I want to play this game." Because of the fact that it has such a table presence, but this is one of my major gripes about the, about games like this, and this is one of the things that I tur that turned me off immediately when when I the, when I see games like this. When you spend more time setting up the game than you do actually playing the game, that's a big no for me. Like I can't stand that, and that's what this looks like. And I know that there's these. 3D cardboard like cutout things that you like puzzle together and <sighs> I don't really care. Like give us like I I was perfectly fine with the th with the puzzle pieces, the tiles that they put together in Descent Second Edition. Who really needs to do the 3D like setup that takes twice as long to play this game? You know like, what that yes, is? It's gonna, it's gonna look cool, but. Like I don't you know, want to spend you know most of my time setting to? it up. What's that? This is this is directly in response to the Warlock tiles and Dwarven Forge and every other 3D terrain maker oh, putting no stuff doubt. out on the market now. They're trying to get you into that kind of. They're trying to pick up on that audience a bit. But this game is a board game. It's not an RPG. Like I, I like I feel like Dwarven Dwarven, Dwarven Forge and uh, you know Warlock tiles and all those. I think those are more for the RPG market. I don't, I mean, yeah, you're probably going to get some folks that are probably going to use this to play with RPGs, but it's still I can see a lot of crossover. You, it takes you a ton of time to set these up. They're cardboard, so they're not going to last. I'm going to tell you right now, unless you, unless you glue the terrain together, and then oh. you saw the box that it all came in, like you that depends just... on what kind of cardboard it is, too. There's lots of cardboard that holds together. Yes, but it's still cardboard. It's still there's still layers there. There's still it's still gonna break. It's still gonna come apart. You, I, I don't know. I, I just part of me goes, why, like, why add that as as a cost to your game, and then just make the game cheaper, like. Why, why create all this 3D shenanigans? I'm going to call it shenanigans. because Shenanigans? Shenanigans. <laughs> shenanigans. Like, why create all this 3D shenanigans 
if it's going to increase your your production cost by so much when you can it probably opens the door get... to more what's that That's what... it opens the door to more That's i I, don't, I i think you could have probably set it up but you probably could have designed it a little bit better so that the setup and takedown time is less and your production cost was, was how do you know the well? setup and takedown time is going to be ridiculous have because seen I've seen an video. I've seen videos of it already. Okay, of the, of this set. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just wanted. To, I just was wondering if you just assumed it wasn't. Like that's like literally. It's. I, I'm going to tell you right now that I've I've seen beta beta play tests of the the app. The app does look really good. There are a few nitpicks that I have about the app, but other than that, everything that I've seen about the app looks really good. I can see this being a great solo game. I can see this being a horrible cooperative dungeon crawl experience. What now? Why? Why is solo good but cooperative isn't? Because okay, so here's the here's the things that the, the gripes that I have about this game. The app there's a ton of reading in the app, like a sure. ton. Like in between each each battle, during the battle, there's a lot of reading to be done. So either you're going to have one person that reads it all out loud or someone's going to be just you're you're all going to be like sitting there and you're like oh you guys all read that you guys all read like that's that no like come on and the I guess there's Define no a ton <laughs> There's there's like, no voice What do you I, consider to be a ton? There's a lot of like that you sit there and you couple go page paragraphs. after page after page no 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 it's not just a couple paragraphs it's like Line after line after line. Because is it, is all it these pages heroes... on the app or pages on paper? No, it's pages on the app. So you're holding it on your phone? Oh, or, or laptop or whatever. Okay. All right. So that's 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 one gripe that I have. The other gripe that I have is in between these battles and in between these scenarios, you can go to cities and towns and you can do various things like, you know, forge armor and, you know, buy goods. But you can also sell goods. And there's... We've all played the video games where where we go into town and we sell items to get gold to buy other items. Like, that's a great experience by yourself. Now imagine adding three people to that mix and going, oh no, I want to sell 20 of these items so I can get 50 gold because I want to get this piece of armor. But wait a minute, I want to get the, yeah, no. Like, the, you're just setting yourself up for, like, arguments as to what you're going to buy at the store. No, I guess I guess in, in summation, Doug, I, I just want to summarize this for you. Um, any game, okay, so Doug basically hates cardboard and doesn't like to read. Is that what I'm getting from I, No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I love to read. I don't like to, like... There's nothing that I hate worse than sitting with my wife and we're reading an article and I'm reading the article and I'm already done what's on the screen and I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for her to like finish reading what, like, I don't know. Maybe I just read faster because I read so much and she reads, she's a fast reader too. I'm not saying that she's not, but like, cause she reads quite a bit as well, but suddenly we he's covering it. his tracks. We all <laughs> read at different paces. So I don't I'm not saying okay. people won't enjoy this game. I think, like I said, as a solo option, I think this game is going to be great. As a cooperative game, I, 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 I it's going to take quite a bit for me to, to make sure that this is, is 
is there a mechanic in the game where like so i'm um, just to use your shop example when people go back to town to sell things is there something to prevent everybody from doing it at the same time no you only have one group inventory Okay, so you sell that stuff off, and then you're just trying. Then you're then it's just a debate as to who gets to buy what. Then right, like, like it's, any it's other, not it's not it's not like, like any other cooperative game. You have to discuss <laughs> well, how to use no. your shared resources. I was uh, just I was but, assuming but that there was some mechanic this, that it prevented you, everybody from going at the same time. But but you also have to use some of those items to 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 forge and make other items. So not only do you have this collective group, like inventory of various items but you have to use like say i want five like some certain metal to forge for but yet somebody wants to sell four of them so that they can get their weapon like i don't know it just it seems like it's gonna so be now you're such role playing a... yeah yes. I, I i think i honestly think that doug is looking at this as a board game and it's not a board game this yeah. is a role play game no in a get box. out of here it, this it's is it's absolutely no. a DMless role play game in a box. Everything you just described is a role play game. Yeah, that's and what I was just no. saying. <laughs> I, I think if if I, I I beg to differ, I think this is a video game. This is a video game with physical elements. Okay. I don't right. I don't know enough about it to comment really, so I'm not gonna yeah. I just I mean I just wanna just disagree with that because that's just so much more fun to <laughs> do. <laughs> I I think I think this game is filling a hole in between a a role play game and uh and and your board game. It's kind of in that same niche as Gloomhaven. Everyone looks at Gloomhaven like a board game. Gloomhaven's not a board game. Gloomhaven is a guided role play game much like this. Well well here's here's the thing Ben. Like wouldn't you say that the dungeon crawl market is very, very crowded? No, I'd say it's two games, Gloomhaven and this. No one cares about anything else. What? Okay. No one cares about anything else. He's not else. wrong. No, yeah, Ben, quick, drop that. a mic. Drop a mic, Ben. You did it. <laughs> Get him a big foam mic. I would, I would beg to disagree, but that's a, but regardless, like, I think you're getting a much better game experience. I mean, yes, granted, Gloomhaven does take a while to set up and everything. But Gloomhaven takes just as long to set up as it takes to break down. I have friends like you, like yes. you said, that literally have a table dedicated to Gloomhaven. Oh, I know. Don't want to break it that's, down. That's true, and I'm not. I'm not. Dis, I'm not disagreeing with that. But Gloomhaven also is only what 100, 100 plus bucks, one hundred and fifty dollars MSRP. You can buy it online through Amazon for less than that because honestly, Cephal Affair hates game stores. I said it. It's out there. They'd right, rather right. sell through distribution than their local game store. But that's me. I will <laughs> drink some water, Ben. <laughs> that might just... like a good T-shirt, Ben. Say that again, <laughs> just to remember. What it <laughs> I I just I I hope this game sells well because you know that that there's going to be more and more expansions for this game. Oh yeah, That's, this is this is this is act 1 by the way. Yeah. Let me just uh, act 1. If, if act 2 is the <laughs> same is, is is just as big like and I know that there's only like six different like bad guys in this in this box. Which okay, yeah, I kind of get that, but like 
you think for a hundred, hundred and would you say hundred and eighty bucks? Uh, one hundred seventy-five MSRP. One hundred seventy-five MSRP. You should be getting more than just six different. Like, so, different. I I don't know. I I can. The only thing that I can really compare this to is uh, Fantasy Flight's Journeys into Middle Earth, and I really like that game. If that game had components that were on par with Descent, I would be ecstatic and I would gladly pay $175 for it. And honestly, the Journeys into Middle-Earth only came with one campaign, one mm -hmm. one thing out of the base set. And I was, I'm, I'm happy with it. So, <laughs> so and yeah. This, and the app looks like it's a great, like kind of like this a great hybrid of um, Mansions of Madness and and uh, the Lord of the Rings, Entrance Middle Earth. Like it looks like it's got qualities of, of both games and put in, into this app. So I, I'm not going to knock, knock the app. The app, the, there are a couple of little things that I could probably probably you know kind of and and we don't know. May, maybe it's not all finished. Whatever whatever whatever's out there for that I've been able to see, it might not be the final version that that gets put out there once it's launched. Um, I don't know. I, I just part of me like I, I look at the stuff like what I have in my personal library like Loomhaven like core space like that has that 3D like card like setup I just don't like and yes core space takes a while to, to set up but like it also takes down and, and and you can it's durable and and you can put it like this stuff it looks like you're gonna have to like glue it all together kind of just put it all in the box and i don't i really hope that the, the the folks that are excited about this game are excited about this game and they love it i am really hesitant on my end to pick this up game up just because <laughs> a the price point and b it's such it's huge like what am i gonna do with another huge box well, you take. I, like, you, I just want to see the reviews for Descent. Great game, and Neville, Doug, Victory Condition Gaming. I'm hesitant, <laughs> I, but I wanted to love this game so much. I wanted to be like, oh my god, this is another. And that was another thing, like, like that I've heard that, that it doesn't feel like it's in Terranoth. Like, like literally, you have to go through so many different scenarios, and then it just finally, like, something in the whole Terranoth world kind of pops up, and you're like, oh yeah, we're we're kind we're 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 actually playing in this in this setting now and like it doesn't feel like a descent game from what folks are saying yeah but you can't judge that until you play it yourself though right that's right funny. no i'm not saying that that's i'm not really I'm not a saying, fair but that's, that's just not a fair criticism that, that, that i've heard yeah i've heard i've actually heard it from from a few <laughs> heard folks, from so. a guy who heard from his buddy who <laughs> um and that was that that kind of ties in with the whole art uh aspect of this game too i'm not saying i'm not I, knocking I, it i'm only knocking it I'm, I'm not i am knocking it because i really wanted to love this game and i was really really excited about this game and now that i've seen it in action i'm you know what you need to do doug when you guys finally get to go to a con find somebody who has oh, this game on for demoing and I, play it yourself and see totally, how it goes I, I am totally on board with that like i am as if i don't have to set it up and take it down <laughs> or what you do is you go down to quarterstaff when Ben puts it up for sale and you go halvesies on it and you set it up and play it right there. <laughs> the, the the best part is when you play it with more players than just solo, they can help you set up. True. 
That's true. You can. That's true. But then you'll be arguing half the time once you go into town to like sell your your goods. I, I think you're, you're overselling you're, the arguing thing. You play with some pretty uh, aggressive and argumentative uh, just, troops, don't like, you, Doug? No, I'm just saying that like you, you only have a limited inventory. Like if you're gonna sell, like if you're gonna sell stuff, like a lot of that stuff is probably gonna be used to forge. Other weapons and other, like, I don't know. Yeah, it just... but it's going to be like any role-playing game. You're going to be like, okay, um, it's more helpful to us if this character has this item, so I'm going to defer on being picky about this and let this guy have this cool thing so that he can go and beat face or whatever with it. <laughs> then next time it's my turn, you know? I, I think those res- those sorts of problems would resolve themselves extremely quickly, assuming you're friends. If you're just casual people just meeting up, I could see the whole, oh my god, you can't do this because I need this, and then you're sitting there flipping a coin or whatever. John uh, in the chat says, I mean, Doug, I'll, I'll meet you there, and you, Ben, and I can do the there thing, you go. right? There you go. It's a date. I, 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 part of me does want to, 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 to get this game just so I can play it out on the channel, because, like I said, we, we loved, I love doing the playthroughs of Descent Second Edition with my brother on this uh, on the show. Give it a chance, Doug. And I, I really, Doug, you're I, hesitant. You've already, you're hesitant. I am hesitant. I'm hesitant, hesitant to dish out $175 plus tax on a, on this game. Yeah. Well, buy it in New Hampshire then. You don't have sales tax. <laughs> I was going to say, you notice how every time somebody's trying to justify not buying something, they throw out plus tax <laughs> or, or plus shipping. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you order from uh, 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 shop black moon, uh, you can get it without uh, without sales tax. Yeah, so. probably can, but he's still going to charge me quite a bit to ship it, though. Oh yeah, this thing's going to at least be like twelve dollars shipping. That's this a heavy box. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a like, good thing uh, you. <laughs> I, I I really I really hope those that are excited about this game love it. I was I I just don't think I'm going to be one of them. I think it's going to not until I actually get to chance to get a chance to play it, and then. It it might be one of those games where we're just like Star Wars Rebellion. I love that game. It's so much fun, but I'm never going to own a copy of it because we'll talk about that in the featured segment. Why I don't have a <laughs> copy of that because of certain reasons. But anyway, if you pick this game up, if you pick up this this version of uh, this new uh, Descent game, let us know. Tweet at us uh, at uh, uh, at Doug VC Gaming and Higgins eight hundred two and. Hexator, Hexator. You open that door, it's going to just... Don't put your foot into it, Doug. That's That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, Let us know. Let us know what you think. uh, If you're excited about it as well. Because I I know a lot of folks uh, that uh, are are excited about this game. And I know there's a lot of folks that are kind of hesitant like me. But All right, I just want to note that I didn't derail the conversation. We've been talking the first for about thirty minutes about we're still at the first section, so it's I know, I know. I, hey, I, I figured once I was going once undone. once Ben brought this up, I was going to go off it was because over. it was over because I this was one of my most anticipated board games of of this year, and it just kind of like I don't know, maybe, maybe I just set too high of an ex- expectation, or maybe I just have so much like. I want to say nostalgia, but it's not really nostalgia. Oh, yeah. It's like an emotional tie to the the Descent yeah. Second Edition that maybe no matter what they would have put out, you have a preconception like as to what you wanted yeah. from it, and this isn't what you wanted, so you're yeah. upset about it. And and this is actually one of the things that we'll probably talk about in the pop culture corner because uh, we've seen a lot of stuff that has been like 
I don't want to say redone, but like we've seen revisits of old IPs that like seem to have missed the mark. And this is, seems to be one of them. This is one of those things where it just kind of, for me, it kind of misses the mark a little bit. But we'll, we'll you know, hopefully, hopefully for the Descent fans at large, it, it doesn't. All right, sorry, Ben. I didn't mean to derail your <laughs> your segment. That's all right. We can we can put Barney in the corner now. All right, let's get to the pop culture corner. Brought to you by StoryComic.com. Barney, what you got for us in the corner this morning or this afternoon, this evening? This uh, evening. I figured, At figured, some point in the day. Oh, I'm so worked up about this Descent game that I can't uh, can't get my time uh, of day straight. Oh, okay. Where's my where, where's my where's my uh, intro? Didn't you make one for me yet? I haven't made one for you. Oh. It's a pop culture corner. Yeah, 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 I figured yeah. I figured you'd probably sing one for us. <laughs> so a couple. So do we want to talk about that? We didn't. You didn't talk about it last week. Uh, that Masters of the Universe first uh, five episodes. We want to jump yeah, in. Yeah, let's and, talk about uh, it. Uh, talk of course, Masters it. Masters of the Universe Revelations uh, dropped on Netflix. Uh, this was directed by Kevin Smith. Uh, this picks up after the end of the original eighty-six. Co- cartoon series um kind of takes the show in a totally different direction what it what it does it though i mean (laughs) it it takes the focus i went back and watched some of the original uh he-man and the masters of the universe not too long ago and um that show goes in every direction (laughs) (laughs) it does it does um Barty, what did what did you think? What, the first five episodes dropped. There's another five episodes to come. What did you think of the f- five episodes that that uh, that dropped on Netflix? I loved it. I am I I've always been a huge fan of world building. I love that. I love seeing more, like asking more questions. I love the idea of how they um, it's masters of the universe. I love the fact that they they. They, they talked. They you, they really kind of highlighted some tertiary characters, um, and Mina made them major protagonists or major antagonists. Um, who would have thought Triclops would have been a major villain? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's yeah. It was you know. There's there there there's it, there's so much stuff. There's a really there's a really cool YouTube channel that for anybody who's a huge fan of He Man, um, s- subscribe to uh, uh, Specter Creative. I think that's the name he does. He used to work for Mattel. So he has a lot of history of what was supposed to happen and what did happen in some of the canon of, of masters of the universe. Um, and, and so it, it really kind of got me into like learning more about, you know, learning more about some of the, the characters before. So, so knowing ahead of time about what, the world was and what the world has created. It's not about one single person. It's not about one singular person. Um, it's, I felt really comfortable watching it and just kind of seeing the, the entire, you know, meta plot kind of open up for us and just kind of see that, that it's, it's not about a hero's journey so much as a, as you know, a, you know, it's kind of like, it's the, uh, you know, it's kind of like the road show. It's kind of like there's a, a road movie in a way where you kind of have to gather pieces and you see, you, you, you see that happening. And I, I, I did, I, I, I truly enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the, the characters. I enjoyed what, you know, seeing the Easter egg so much of saying, Oh, like, 
it gave you that point where mm-hmm. you were able to like, hey, I want to, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for my favorite character to show up. I haven't seen Mechanic yet or Fisto, uh, but some of those some of those Easter eggs they threw in there I thought were uh, were were pretty fun to watch. I, I I'm gonna agree. I, I actually really enjoyed this the the first five episodes. There were a couple things that I'm just like, mm, I no. I, I don't want to spoil it too much for folks that haven't. Has everybody seen the first five episodes on this yep. on this panel? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they kind of did the whole Transformers storyline a little bit, where they kill off the main character and then bring him back and then kill him like like. I was like, they did it twice. You're yeah, like, it's like how like how many times are we gonna have to do this? Like, like I probably just twice if I were gonna guess. <laughs> you can't so, pull it off three times. I mean, they might. They got five more episodes to do it. So I, when I watched it, um, what really grabbed me is I could picture the story actually being someone's kid who found their like their parents' He-Man toys. And they're telling this new story now, and they don't really know exactly, you know, every little thing, but they've got a base idea. So like, yeah, okay, you can die, and then you can come back because you're just a toy, and then you die again. And I don't know, it felt like a really cool whimsical feeling when I viewed it through that kind of lens, and it it, it seemed to work. And and you know, also the whole storyline of of magic versus technology kind of played to that i felt like you know there's there's it's an update in this world like this kid that's playing with us and telling this story knows about cell phones and how they like can take things over and everything and you know but is still experiencing play with an actual physical action figure i don't know i i maybe got a little too whimsical and 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 tied up in 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 it but i i enjoyed it i thought it was really good right we we talked about a few i'm like you know in, in a past episode is like what I like the, the coolest thing about masters of the universe is genreless because it's sci-fi it's fantasy it's yeah. western it's technology it's cyberpunk like it's like it's right. basically it's like you said it's like taking a kid and say these are all the genres and let's just make a world with everything <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> over here they only use magic over here they only use technology in the middle they use both <laughs> this guy <laughs> has a six shooter like what <laughs> the one thing that i will give netflix a lot of credit on is that the voice acting for the series is much better than a lot of the voice acting for a lot of their other series that, that they've, they've done um I'm I'm looking at you, Transformers uh, series. The last three series. There was voice acting been, in Transformers. Oh my god! Like w- we can talk about Transformers Kingdom here in a second. I still haven't watched the last episode, <laughs> but like there's some pretty god awful voice acting in that series. Because but there I is really, no voice acting. I appreciate I appreciate the the fact that they actually went out and hired really solid voice actors yeah. for for uh, he, yeah. uh, Masters of the Universe. Actually, Revelation. I guess. That's a fair point. They didn't. They didn't get bad voice actors. They just used them poorly. In what? In the He-Man? I mean, in the Masters of the Universe. In the Masters of the Universe, or no? In Transformers. Oh, in Transformers. They no. They they got like. Um, the only thing I didn't find with He-Man was the the voice acting. They got some really impressive people to do the voices. I just, you know, it really sometimes felt to me like everyone was recording their lines and no one was really reacting to anyone else. You know, okay. It was like, and that, sound surprised as you read this line. 
it's it's I and I've seen um, a lot of um, cartoon uh, behind the scenes shows where they have people in a room all with their own microphones and they're all reacting to each other physically, and it shows in their voice acting as well. Right. And it feels like in this one, it was just here's your script, read your lines. We'll get you to read them until we're happy with them, and then we move on. Well, one thing we have to we have to realize is that the, the voice acting was in the a lot of the production that was that was done for the series was done during last year, which was you know the major point. Of yeah, the but there's lots of ways you could have done it virtually too. I mean, you, you could have just done it. You could do it in the, like have everybody uh, in a in a streamyard call or a Skype call or a Zoom call or whatever, mm. so that you can see each other, even if your voice isn't carrying to the other person. I don't know. You I, know I'm what, not a good... I think what it is like compared to that, though, I think what it is is I, I'm imagining, like you know, like Rick and Morty did a joke on this on like you know the the heist episode. Basically, what it is is like the phone call in. Hang on, let me pick it up. And it was like, and it was like. Hey, it's Kevin Smith. He's making a Masters of the Universe cartoon. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, who was gonna say no to that? That was a fan of, right? Like our generation, like. So. Oh yeah, no. no, no. <laughs> on, no. on the whole, though, I love the series. It was great. I was very yeah, happy. I, like, I, I wandered off watching Transformers three times. Um, I want like in, and I, I don't even think I watched the middle, the middle. With the Transformers Kingdom. Uh, yeah, I honestly did. Oh, well, no, I mean, uh, like, so there's three parts, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's I've watched there's all of the third part. Siege, and then there's Transformers. Uh, what is it? War for Earthrise, Earth and then there's Transformers yeah. uh, Kingdom. Um, I watched the first four episodes of the first one because I thought, okay, they're trying for a new thing. They're trying a new style. I'm going to give it a chance. I didn't finish it. The second one I took one look at, and I was like, I don't even care anymore. The third one, I really love the Beast Wars stuff. So I was like, I'm giving this one a chance, and it, it is hot garbage. So I, I kept wandering off. Like I'd be watching it, and I'm like, oh look, somebody emailed me, reading my email. And then five minutes later, I'm like, oh yeah, back to my email. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's kind of where I, I think we're seeing that. And, and I hate to just constantly bash on Hasbro, but lately Hasbro seems to be doing this a lot, and. With the Masters of the Universe revel- revelations, at least you got to you got you you could tell that there were the folks that were involved in the creation of that series actually knew the the IP. They somewhat knew their audience, but I feel like they they wanted to take the the show in a different a different direction than the, what the they kind of maybe tease the audience what was going to happen, you know, what they were going to put out. So I feel like some there's some backlash on that as well. But I think for the most part, it hit the market. It hit what this, the Masters of the Universe fans, you know, are can relate to and what, what, they're, what they're used to. With Transformers Kingdom, like, G1 fans, Beast Wars fans, they just totally missed the mark. Like... Not only is, does Transformers have like fans, but they have different they have sub fans that are like from different eras, and they just can't seem to lock into any subgroup or group of of their fandoms. Like, and, and I'm going to talk. I'm gonna talk I would a little like bit to about see them remastered too. What's well, that? I mean, I, I think what, what, I think what I it is too is like you see the most. 
I, I think it's either the most successful IPs that that there is when they give it to somebody who's passionate about the subject. Kevin Smith has always been a huge Masters of the Universe fan. I don't know who the director or the writer was for the Transformers. So that's the thing. Do they? Here's the you. difference: is when when you have somebody go to them and say, "I want to make this," and then Hasbro's like, "Sure." So was Hasbro saying? Hey, let's make a Transformers. Let's hire someone to write it and do oh, this. Yeah. And that. yeah. That's and the difference. That if somebody can't, there'd be a difference if like a, a big director comes and says, "I am a huge Transformers fan. I want to make this. I want to make this great cartoon." That's different. I think that's where you kind of see it, where they actually give give it over to say, "Go for it." I mean, and yeah. Well, not and, only that, but like Hasbro also has certain things that they want to control because they want to sell toys. Like I think this He-Man or this Masters I keep saying He-Man it's not it's, it's Masters of the Universe. I think right. this Masters of the Universe series was made without the intent to sell toys. Well, I I don't know. I would say it's Masters of the Universe. So they can sell toys. Oh, the absolutely. whole the whole creation of all of this stuff was to sell toys back in the 80s. All of these things were invented to the, they're, you know, they're just 20 some odd minute Toy commercials. That's yeah. basically all they are. Cartoons yeah. in the eighties. That's yeah. that. That's what cartoons in the eighties are. And I feel that like the Transformers series lately, especially the Netflix ones, are basically toy commercials for adults that have some sort of tie-in to previous canon, to but yet still kind of miss the mark as far as what fans are. are looking for i think but the hey, stories were good i like the stories in all three parts did you really what I, what I hate yeah i didn't mind the overarching story what i hated was the sound design and the voice acting oh the voice and acting it's not even that the voice acting was specifically <laughs> bad it was just poorly entered into the medium like there was so many times when i had to literally stop the show go back like 30 seconds and play again because audio levels were weird like They'd, they'd be walking along the terrain, and of course you expect the Transformers to be going clomp, 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 as they, they're giant metal robots, whatever. Um, but that clomp, clomp, clomp was drowning out the audio of what people were trying to say. So I was like, well, that, that's just, that's weird, that's dumb. Like all the environmental ambiance audio was really well done, but it was too loud at all times. And none of their weapons sounded any good at all. Mm. Like, I mean, you know, yeah. Optimus is firing his giant freaking cannon and it's like, patoo, patoo, patoo. When in, in the, if you listen to the, if you watch the old cartoons, that thing sounds like a monster being fired. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, Amanda says, I can tell you the new Shiro has, wasn't made to sell toys because I have two kids who love that show and I can hardly find any toys from it. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it, I, I really don't think that, that there's any like substantial children's marketing for this Transformers, I mean, not Transformers, Masters of the Universe Revelations line. And no, I think yeah. that's a key factor in why it's going to probably connect with, with a lot of folks. And whereas the Transformers fans, it's just not going to connect with the majority of the audience. The audience. And I got to say too, there, there, there is so much good Netflix cartoons out there that don't have toys. Yep. Like uh, Hilda is so fun, um, Kipo. That's a great series. You know, you have, you can't find it. I mean, all the toys that you can you can buy are going to be on your you know 
because they're my kids, you know, when they watch a Nickelodeon or Disney Junior, those are all the toy commercials there are going to yeah. be on there. Yeah. Um, they won't be on any kind of a mainstream release. You'll probably get specialty companies making toys. Like right. Farland Toys or whatever. You know, when they, when they get into toy making, they go whole hog with that sort of thing. Now, the other thing. Yeah, the new Shira. I love the Shira. That's an yeah. amazing cartoon. I like the story, but I hate that animation style. So passionate. <laughs> really hate it. <laughs> And speaking of, of missing the mark, and I've kind of uh, mentioned this already, but I went and saw the new Snake Eyes movie. Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. This was supposed to be a new like reboot of the G.I. Joe cinematic universe. This is going to be this is going to be like Hasbro's version of introducing the uh, various uh, characters of the G.I. Joe franchise and then getting them all together to make an adventure movie. And, you know, it's yeah, so, yeah, I can that's see that. basically yeah. what they're tr- they were going to try to do. But I'll tell you what, this movie was bad. Like it's it's an okay it it's an okay martial arts movie. Like okay, yeah, that's kind of cool. Like that's kind of neat. As a GI Joe movie, it's horrible. <laughs> there's a no, few little no G. red G. lasers, things. no blue lasers, no knowing is half the battle. There's a few little GI Joe things sprinkled onto it to make it seem like it's a GI Joe movie. There's as a as a Snake Eyes origin movie, horrible. <laughs> as a martial arts movie, okay, it's pretty cool. You strip the fact that it's a that's uh, Snake Eyes. You strip the fact that it's GI Joe, and I'd be like, oh yeah, this is a cool little popcorn. You know, you sit down and watch it. It's, like it's almost like almost like John Wick in a way, where like the, wow. the the fight scenes are so absurd, but they're so well choreographed that you're like, oh my god, this was cool, but. Then there's certain aspects of the movie that are just like, what? Huh? Like G.I. Joe. <laughs> not G.I. Joe. Like, don't go to this movie expecting a G.I. Joe movie. It's not a G.I. Joe movie. There's a few G.I. Joe characters in it. There's, yeah, there's a few. I think this was always one of the few characters where I thought he's just a guy who hangs out with the G.I. Joe guys. Like he never really seemed much like a Joe. <laughs> he was always the guy who would like at the end of the episode pops out of a vent and does something spectacular and saves the day, you the, know that kind of thing. The cool thing he's about like, Snake... he's like he's like he's like Inspector Gadget's niece. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> the cool thing about Snake Eyes was that he was a kick-ass ninja, and he didn't speak, and he had that wolf that like as a pet. Oh. I could Tim, stand that whole thing. Like that was cool. Like, what did they what did they give us in this? They give us a guy that's learning how to do martial arts, who speaks and doesn't have this wolf. So like, it's an origin story for Snake Eyes, then? Yeah, it, it's actually marketed as GI Joe Origins Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes, yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. So all the cool things that, that you loved about and his suit. Like that—that's the other cool thing about his, about about Snake Eyes was that cool suit. He doesn't get that, like, until the end of the movie. Like, well, yeah, because he's not Snake Eyes yet. You literally—they <laughs> hand him the suit. He gets on his motorcycle and drives off screen, and that's it. End credits. Like, no. Huh? Like, so you wanted a Snake Eyes movie, not an origin story, is what you wanted. That would have been cooler. Yeah. So yeah, you 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 didn't read the title. <laughs> we didn't need. But, but where does he get timber? Like, give us timber. Like, 
Why doesn't he like? I expected. I, you know why I they wouldn't the do timber because they'd have to CGI, and that would be. Terrible. I don't care, Ben. I, ben, what's they, going on, man? We we that we got two grumpy old men now on. Though. I would do. Oh, we do. No, I'm not grumpy. Jason, no, no, Jason. not no, no, but yeah, not about this. But okay. if we talk about the what if the the, the 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 what if animation, you'll go off for another forty five minutes on that. <laughs> J- Jason, the other thing I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say is if you watch that movie and you go, if they CGI this. Why couldn't they just CGI a, a, a wolf in it? Because they CGI something into the movie that's a vital part of the movie, and you're like, huh? Like what? Like, <laughs> now, hey, like I gotta watch this now just to see if I make that same face. Hey, <laughs> so did you post what Amanda just said? Because I think she made a good point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel okay. Yes, I I totally understand, but. <laughs> the cool things, like Amanda says, I feel like Doug does not understand the point of an origin movie. I do understand the point of an origin origin movie. I just want to see, like, like I, Snake Eyes is cool for a few reasons. Why didn't we get to see why those reasons are? We didn't. We we didn't get to see any of that. Oh, you know they will want to bring everybody together for like, like you know, for GI Joe Endgame. I'm sure. And, so uh, probably, and I hope you know Destro snaps his fingers and just erases half the GI Joe <laughs> squad. Or Serpentor. I, I really, I really think that Hollywood needs to stop thinking that they need to origin everybody. Like yeah. we we kind of got away with it with the new Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. They're just like, okay, he's Spider-Man, and we went right into it. We didn't have to retell yeah. the origin of Spider-Man again, and it worked. Yeah. Do we really need to know everything about Snake Eyes? Do we really need to know everything about Duke no. or Scarlet or or you know Roadblock or any of these GI Joe characters, which you would have a fun time writing a movie for? Well, we, here's the fun we don't thing, need ben. to know why why. You know, Sea Legs Dude is called Sea Legs Dude. I mean, so, shipwreck, shipwreck. Yeah, yeah, that that Sea Legs Dude. Yeah. I would <laughs> I would have rather watched a shipwreck origins movie than 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 what I've watched. Uh, you know, as well, as yeah, because we, we need to know we need to know if his nickname is is his nickname ironic. Or did he actually like keep wrecking ships? Yeah, probably. Like, no. <laughs> like a really terrible driver. Uh, he just he just keeps driving boats into other boats. <laughs> yeah, origin movies are kind of uh, they don't need to be done anymore. Like, look at all the Superman origins we've had to watch. Like, like those that, are so that, stupid. They spent so a... much time establishing. Oh, this is how he got his abilities. This is where he comes from. This is who his parents are. We all know this already. It's the same thing with Batman. How many times have you learned how Batman came to be Batman? We even learned how Batman came to be Batman in the Joker movie. I, and here's here's the other thing. When, when you when Ben said, "Why don't we? You know, why do we need to have a a, a you know Roadblock uh, Flint uh, Origins movie?" The thing is, they actually bring in characters. From the oh, GI Joe sure. universe, and not give them origin move. They just insert them into this movie, and it's like you're supposed to just be like, "Oh, okay, oh yeah," like, no, no. I don't know. He's gonna start. He's flailing his arms now. <laughs> Did they bring in Sergeant Slaughter? No, they didn't. They should have. Uh, they should have. They should have. Oh, John! Look what John just said. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's gonna take a minute to, to pop up here. That would I, be awesome. 
<laughs> I can't wait for the the <laughs> for all the Lord of the Rings origins movies then. The things you didn't know about Legolas. <laughs> I, again, this was a movie that once they announced it, I was excited for it because Snake Eyes is one of my favorite characters in the G.I. Joe franchise. He's not my favorite. He's not my most favorite most favorite. But he's one of my favorite. I think Destro is probably my favorite character. I would love. Doug, it. I think your problem is you build things up too high. That could be, but I yeah. think I'm pr- I'm pretty typical of an '80s fan. Like like of the fan. Like I I feel like GI Joe Transformers. Like I'm probably the stereotypical like the demographic for that fandom. Yeah. So if they're not making content that I'm gonna like. How is the majority of well, the, the fandom going to like it? They don't. They don't. They don't need you to like it. You already love the Transformers. They're but, aiming for other people. But that's that's fine. But they're not even doing that. How do you know? <laughs> because this movie is tanking in the theaters. Because it's a crappy movie. That's and, why. <laughs> and now, ha, uh, Paramount has decided to like delay a whole bunch of other movies now because of the fact that it's tanking in theaters. Like they've pushed back, they they completely they completely wiped Clifford the Big Red Dog off of September's release schedule. Does like, anyone actually care about Clifford? The that's the that's thing. another great kaiju movie. I mean, okay, I <laughs> that, that. that was sure. supposed to be released in September. They took it. Off. They haven't even put a new release date out for that one yet. I I I think the whole, I think that has small amount to do with maybe. Uh, the the tanking of the box office and more just due to the fact that there's people aren't ready for movies yet in the theater, uh, but that that gets off to a whole nother, that gets a whole nother tangent. Like these are bad movies releasing to a mediocre audience, and that's why you're seeing these things go out. Space Jam was horrible, you know. Dipping like their toe in the water and realizing it's yeah. still ice cold. Black Huge. Widow was mediocre. Like they're of course they're going to perform poorly. But here's the thing, like Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins like, had an $88 million budget, which is actually not all that much. It's pretty small. That's pretty cheap. It's pretty yeah. small compared to I mean, They They kind of hedged their bet on, on the on the Snake Eyes mo- movie, and it's still only bringing in like $22 million, like the first two weekends. Like Weirdly enough, movie though, is... the other two G.I. Joe movies did actually make money eventually oh yeah they they did eventually i don't i think this one's going to be a long play i think this one when it hits when it's like when it hits netflix or wherever they drop it i think it will do well well here's the thing like in 45 days from release this movie was going to drop on is going to drop on paramount plus which we can watch it for free because they did oh it's going to be on paramount plus then it's not going to do anything right not enough people have paramount plus to make that i love paramount plus i've got paramount plus I just started. I just been watching the state over the weekend. If you guys remember that '90s, that '96 show, comedy show. I, I don't know. I, I, I just wish more companies made movies and made content, not to appease, me. like not always <laughs> to appease the fan base. But to at least give us something that we're going to somewhat expect. You know, it doesn't have to be exactly what we, but don't make it so out of the way that we're just like, no, like this isn't even remotely what, what I've become a fan, like what I've, what I what I've grew up most of my life being a fan of. Right. I don't know. 
Sorry, I, I ranted it and raved about it. <laughs> this, is just, this is just me, like an hour and three minutes. It's not, and it's not me this time. <laughs> it's a grumpy, grumpy, old grumpy, grumpy Doug is very. GI Joe meant something back then. It did, board it, games it, it, were made for made I, out of good cardboard. <laughs> I, I will say, watch. No, the they weren't. <laughs> Master of the Universe Revelations was a good movie. I will, I will give you a, a suggestion. Go see Old in the theaters. That actually was a pretty good movie. That's a that's an M Night Shyamalan movie, and it was Shyamalan. actually pretty decent. So my daughter, okay. my daughter okay. dragged me to that movie instead of going to see Snake Eyes opening weekend, and she was totally dead on with with seeing that over Snake Eyes. So I want to swing back to Masters of the Universe and M Night Shyamalan. I believe sure. it, there's actually a connection here. Kevin Smith got all this crap for being like a misdirection. But we have M. Night Shyamalan, who his whole thing is misdirection, and no one gives him crap. Why, why, why? Okay. Think about so, it. We don't need to go into it. Just everyone think about why. Why are we saying that some people are have to completely tell the truth with their their thing, and some people are allowed to obfuscate a little bit? Like, I, I feel like this movie, this old movie, or the, the, the movie Old, it doesn't quite have a misdirection. It has a why is this happening kind of thing to it. And then the, the, the thing at the end like tells you what why they're do like why it's happening. Yeah, the twist. And that's yeah, it's Ooh, a, it's a, a twist, twist, but it's not misdirection. <laughs> it's it's more like it's more like hmm, twist. Like, oh. Yeah. It's kinda neat. It's 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 worth watching, I think. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. I just found that funny that people want to complain, and but like literally the whole part of marketing is to not give away everything in the trailer, like stop yeah. it. Like, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Tancredo says, uh, uh, three guy definitely going to go to the movies to support Ryan." Uh, that actually does look pretty funny. I will probably watch that movie. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna go. See, I'll probably go to the drive-in to see that movie just because in that way I can get a second movie in. Um, but going to it just by itself probably won't. And I, I will tell you that I went to go see Snake Eyes on a mat during a matinee, and there were only two other folks in the theater with with us. So there was oh, wow. five five people total on a three thirty afternoon show. Yeah, because everyone's at work. No, it was it was on a <laughs> it was on a Sunday. I, I oh well, y'all you go on a Sunday? Oh, yeah. that's not a matinee show. You got to pay full price anyway. No, go on a Monday I, afternoon. No, I go. I go on sun, really Sunday afternoon, it. and that's it. Was it was cheaper? It's like that's all fair. afternoon shows are cheaper. Are they? They're more expensive up there. Uh, yeah, the I, I mean, I, I mean, I'd like to tell you, but none of our movie theaters up in Chittenden County I are open. No, that's crazy that they're so, not open. We we only have one movie theater. That's we usually have. We have one in this town and one in the town over. But the one in this town is already is still closed down. The one, but I just think there's just not enough new releases out to fill most theaters. You know, I mean, there's 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 three or four movies every week. That's enough to run half your theater. So. Yeah, but you're still paying like your full overhead costs in order to. Nah, not really. I mean, I'm sure you are, but I mean. Yeah. Oh well. Sorry, Barney. What, what else? Do you have anything else for us in the pop culture corner? Oh, hang on. Yeah. Believe it or not, yeah. Barney, it's still the pop culture corner. It is still. It's a half this hour. This is what I have to deal with here. We got oh surgery. 
All right, I, I gotta glue this back. Okay, I can't. And it's past your bedtime. You know, I know this is like Doug shoot time right now. Okay. This is like... <laughs> all right, all right. So uh, Black Widow was the other thing. Black Widow, this yes. Is, this is what happens. <laughs> Black Get Widow, that gorilla glue. Daddy, let me. Daddy can do this later. Okay. I can't do it. I can't fix it tonight. Okay. Bar Barney's doing some uh, doll doll repairs. Right. Uh, as, Just as go ahead. Yeah, but don't open that up because that's some Gorilla Glue. You can glue your fingers together. <laughs> Just gave her permission to do that. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, there's, there's nothing better than to tell the bed. kid what, what it's, you can do with the glue. I can glue my fingers together. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, Daddy, it worked. <laughs> it worked. Uh, yeah, so Scarlett Johansson um, is, is suing Disney for, um, uh, for a breach of contract on, uh, on the fact that, she, that it was released. And you know what? And it's, it's, it's if you read if you read the press release on it, it makes sense because a lot of it, a lot of the movie, a lot of uh, the stars they get, uh, you know, they get compensation for box office receipts. Right. Um, that's that's standard for that. So, my guess is that my my you know, and, and of course Disney Disney's pulling back by saying no. Hey, listen, we're in a pandemic. We wanted to. Do, this is important to do this. Um, and of course, you know, Scarlett Johansson's lawyer saying, you know, Disney's playing this down for the fact that they're putting that on. And there's no, so we're going to, there's nowhere in that contract does it say that they get any streaming revenue. No, from, really from, nowhere at all. I would have think there would have been some small amount. Of from now on, I think they're going to be. Oh, absolutely. Doing this. So my guess, so there's a couple of guesses that I see when you're starting to see some things postponed. Uh, same thing. We're happening with James Bond. There's, there that they have to make sure that there is, that they have to redo. Uh, SAG Afra or is working on that with the actors. They're working on that with that is to having to update now um, those uh, those contracts to to actually also involve the the back end profit sharing um, with now streaming services. So. The, the big here's the thing though this is to be very honest with you the 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 main push on this and doing some research on this wasn't the studios wasn't uh, the studios were trying to put that in there it was a fact that the actors wanted to make sure that it, it focused mostly on box office receipts because the fact is, and you saw this with the Academy Awards, with Netflix having best picture things on there, it's like no movies have to be in the movie theater. So there is a there is a, there we can we are now seeing we're now seeing based off of pragmatism that the actors are now wanting to make sure that um, there's some streaming um, back end streaming revenue um, available now in those contracts. Yeah, and, and we've had uh, certain studio executives that have said that, like, don't be surprised that this window from theater release to home streaming release is only going to get shorter and shorter and shorter over the next, you know, 24 months. I mean, you're going to see, yeah. you know. Well, I, I mean, it was ridiculous, you know, before streaming a movie would be in the theaters for, you know, two months or so, and then it would be a year before we saw it on, on video, you know, yeah. a year or longer. 
And yeah. now with digital, you know, that window already got shorter. So yeah, it's, I, I honestly think in theater and at home release is going to be almost simultaneous, probably within five years for yep. most, for most movies. Um, it, and, and yeah, you'll see these uh, contracts and everything get reflected in that and it'll be hunky dory. This is just really the first big blockbuster, so to speak, where the pandemic impacted it to such a point that forced their hand to put it in. I mean, cause Black Widow was delayed a year. Yeah. Like it was supposed to be out a year ago. Right. And finally, uh, Disney was just like, okay, we got to get this out because it's literally making us zero dollars at this point and costing it, money. It, it <laughs> the, is going to impact your, your Marvel release timeline. Yeah. And I, and I think in that, and honestly, and I think we we're talking about this back in March, if I correct, like this was a wait, long Wait, wait, time. when? March. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure. I, that there, this was, this was a thing. I remember I was talking about an article on this is that, that, in that contract, the reason why they haven't released it, they didn't release it in March. It was because in that, in that, in, in that contract they had with Scarlett Johansson, um, they were going to breach the contract if they released it also as, as a streaming point. So this was a long time coming. So the fact is, is that other contracts, other movies, for instance, Mulan came out live stream, Corella came out you know, in the both, this is the first one because this was the big major. It was a big major movie. The first major movie we seen. <laughs> was it though? <laughs> As it turns well, out, not so big or major. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I was invited to. I was going to. Someone was going to do a, a watch party, but that never happened. Oh yeah, we can do a watch party. <laughs> you, you still haven't seen it? No, you said you're going to do a watch party. Okay, so yeah, I'll do a watch party. Yeah, never did. So I don't want to press it because I was going to watch it for free. So I wasn't going to bug you too much about it. So okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Uh, we'll we'll do we'll set something up for the patrons. Yeah, I, I, as a moviegoer myself, and uh, now the movie theater is opening back up, I have literally no interest in seeing something in the theater right now. Like the the nostalgia of being able to go and see something on a big screen and everything is kind of just gone for me now. Because we like Jungle Cruise just came out, I thought that might be fun to watch. Um, Black Widow's out, I thought eh, I should probably see that. And like, and now I, every time a movie comes out, I'm just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, streaming soon enough. Yeah, I don't have. I've never been. I've never been a huge movie theater person anyway. I've always skipped out. You know, during you know, I've, I've, like it's one of those things where I would just like take a day and watch it in like an afternoon. You know, in a at a matinee time. But there's. But I think the reason, so I think part of it, I think, is seeing so many of these other delays that are happening uh, might be the fact that they, people have to redo the contracts they have with their with the actors. So, well, you're oh, also yeah, seeing, there's probably going to be tons of that. You, yeah. you just you just saw that uh, Emma Stone just uh, decided to take Disney to court as well because of the Cruella release. Cruella, yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's only just a matter. I think you're going to see most of these. All the actors you know, are going to be standing on their agent's doorstep saying, we need to renegotiate this now. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm honestly surprised that streaming revenue hasn't been included for the past three or four years. Yeah, actually. That's true. It, I mean, it is when with Barney TV said deals. that, that it wasn't. Yeah, I was you, like, what they, do you mean? They, Jason, they never listened to me. I would just went over <laughs> why that didn't happen. 
<laughs> it's like talking to my wife. I literally oh. just said this five minutes ago. <laughs> I mean, somebody clip that. Somebody clip that right now. We need to send that to Edith. <laughs> uh, it, it, it literally like, like it. You would think that they would have had some sort of foresight because of the fact that it, it is, is huge now with the stream with with TV deals. Right, not. Yeah. Why do you probably as as big as streaming is? They were probably still seeing you know like when Endgame launched, it was like hundreds of millions of dollars consistently for weeks on end. They were like, who cares about streaming? But now they're singing a different tune because streaming is pretty much the only option. Yeah. I. It's interesting. I. I Black Widow was, I think, pretty decent. It was not one of my favorite. Uh, Marvel movies, but it was okay for what it was. I mean, I, I don't really see the. I, I, I think we did. We already talk about this a little bit uh, on a previous. I haven't episode. seen it yet, so I can't really comment too. too I mean, it it was okay. It definitely showed to me that they that Marvel missed the mark when because it did not. To me, it was not as good of movie as the original Wonder Woman movie. Like, so it kind of. Why are you kind comparing of, those two? Why am I comparing those? Because they're both female. Because both Mar for years, Marvel didn't think that a female lead superhero movie was going to like be be like a big blockbuster. But we've seen it with with Captain Marvel that you, you know right. female superheroes can lead movies, and it just. This, I mean, Captain Marvel wasn't really. A, it just seems like Marvel can't seem to get the. I don't know. They they just kind of come. I don't know. I, I I really like Captain Marvel. So. Did you really? I like. Yeah. Captain I thought Captain Marvel, Marvel was great. Captain was Marvel okay. was, was good. I, I, only, I, I like I Wonder Woman better. I know my sister likes Captain Marvel. <laughs> See, yeah. your sister likes Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> That is hilarious. <laughs> Amazing. No, I, I, I think, I, I'm not sure what it was. I agree that it felt like overall Captain Marvel seemed to get less of an impact than uh, the the first Wonder Woman movie did. Um, but I think it's a better movie for showing what what you know, women can do in these lead roles in these right. in these superhero movies. You know, there wasn't a romantic plot line that we had to deal right. with. You right. know, it she was strong. She learned to do her ability by becoming stronger. Um, I don't know. I just uh, I I thought Captain Marvel I think a lot of people didn't gravitate to Brie Larson as much as they gravitated to Gal Gadot for whatever reason. And I think that was a lot of the success or perceived failure of, of, of between those two movies. But I, I mean, for, for me, it's like, I've like, I, I, I like Captain Marvel a lot. I just think from a director, it's, I, it's hard. I don't compare, this is my thing. I don't compare Captain Marvel to wonder woman. I compare Captain Marvel to, um, the other the MCU movies that seem to have a very right. distinct story in the sense that for me it was there there was no 
consistency in consistency in the feel of the movie. Like it was, it tried to be Guardians of the Galaxy. It tried to be something else, mm-hmm. especially when they yeah, tried to throw in the pop pop music reference when they're playing um, the when they're when they're playing the uh, oh what's that what's that song? I'm just a girl. They're playing that in the background on oh yeah, but it was like. I think they tried to make too many pop culture references because that's what James Gunn succeeded at in, in his, um, but yeah, it was, and it was amazing. I love the character of Captain Marvel. I thought it, and I think a lot of people after the fact realize how powerful Captain Marvel is, especially when you watch, um, you know, when you watch the Avengers Endgame, um, when, <laughs> When everybody, when, when they stop fighting everyone and then yeah. train their guns up in the space, like, wait, what's going on? Yeah, that was a pretty cool moment. Everybody's like, who cares about these plebs? Something big. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to again. Maybe I just had too high of an expectation for Black Widow. It was an okay movie. Not one of my favorite. Let's get to the feature segment, which of course is, which we're an hour and 20 minutes in already. And now, our feature presentation. Oh, Doug. Thanks everyone for tuning in this week. Uh, We'll catch you next week on the... So, Doug, can I just give an abbreviated first? Because I gotta get this kid to bed. So I just want—can sure. I give you mine? What 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 are some game features that uh, immediately you do you, do you judge games on immediately on? Well, I gotta say, for me, there was a. If anybody hasn't played, I, I actually bought it on. Um, I I read the books and then I actually like found the, I found the, um, the role playing game for it. If anybody has it, and I got it on, on Drive-Thru RPG, and of course they printed it out because it's what you got to do. If anybody hasn't read the book Amber, Chronicles of Amber, it's a... Uh, Chronicles of Amber? Good books. It's a really cool book series. And then I discovered that it actually, they made a role-playing game for it. It's a diceless role-playing game. Interesting. And it was one of those situations there where I was like, geez, Louise, I'm not sure about diceless role-playing games. Yep. How do you play a diceless role-playing game? Yep. How do you even do that? And the way you make <laughs> characters, which I love, is, and that was one of those things, like, I don't think this, is, this isn't this is going to work out. I'm not even going to read it. I think it's just never going to work out. Um, what they do is it's one of those games where, like, you make characters, but you have to do it in a group because the character creation system is an auction system. They give you all the stats and you have to mm-hmm. pick. You have to. You have to bid on what is the most important one for you, and and then from there um, you can kind of kind of decide. Okay, who wants to have? So only one person has to have gets the highest. And you know, talking about then psyche, strength, endurance, warfare, whatever those things are, is you have to decide which one's the most important for. You. If you're going to play like a war type of character. You know, war type of character. Then you might want to say warfare is going to be your. I mean, I think, so you're going to put all your points into trying to, trying to, to trying to bid on that. But if you see nobody else is bidding on it, then you can bid a low price on it on your points, and 
get it fairly cheap. So that's the other thing. So it's a way as like it's it's co-op, but it's not when you make the characters because you're going to play with each other. But you're also you're also each other's antagonists in the sense that you're going to want someone to maybe bid up on one of the skills that you know this other one one of your other players is going to want. So that's something which I found extremely fun is that. And then there's certain then then what you do at the end of the auction of the the major stats, you get to then have whatever points you have left over. You can buy other things like merits and flaws type situations to make it up. Hmm. Yeah. So dice, diceless games, you would have originally probably judged like negatively, but once you dove, dove into it, you were like, "This is actually pretty cool." Yes, because there's something about shaking dice, man. You know, it's yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> I, I am the same way. I, I am like, it's usually card based. Like, if a if a game, if, whether it's a you know a board game RPG. If it's card based instead of dice based, like that to me is usually a huge like I'm just like, nah, I don't know if I'm gonna, I don't think I'm gonna like that. Yeah. And I don't know what it is and why that is. It's just something that I've got pre-programmed in my brain. That... <laughs> Castle Falkenstein. Wow, I haven't seen that in a long time. This is a card based game. Yeah, yeah. Like I I don't know. There's just something about rolling dice that that makes me want to play a game instead of like it's just a, a different uh, a different feel than, than uh... <laughs> I was joking I was trying to like look at funny like cargoes like like I had a similar question for uh, somebody was bringing that up but one of my buddies was talking about I was like yeah man I just never could get in card games like playing with cards and then and then it has to be dice and my my response I was like that's what big dice wants you to think man don't like don't like get big dice in your head man that's where the <laughs> <sighs> uh, Hungry Ewok says I would have to play uh, Yahtzee with Amber just to be di- rolling dice. Yeah, <laughs> just on the side, like an addict. I think I think I think the thing is with cards. I think the fact that there's already a preset outcome. We read Star Wars. We know. Okay. <laughs> um, this is yeah. <laughs> She's showing off her Star Wars book, and I told nice, you guys. Nice. I love it. I love she, it. That was that. I told you that story when she comes. She goes, Dad. You gotta see this new. I saw this movie on Disney Plus. You have to check it out. This movie is amazing. I think you like it, Daddy. What? What is it? It's called Star Wars. You love it. Awesome. <laughs> love you'll it. Have to, you'll have to come on the show and tell us all about it. Okay. Go to bed. <laughs> um, but I think the fact that the cards have preset like outcomes and like you can kind of tell like, a lot of the games like you know. Like as you're playing the remaining cards, oh, we haven't seen the majority Your of card the good counting? cards. <laughs> yeah, you can kind of do yeah. that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I do that when I play when I play blackjack. I mean, I play that when I play most games. Like, okay, what cards have I not seen? Like, I think the fact that you know some of the information takes some of the fun away from it, and that's why I don't like card based. It's really weird because you know there's six sides on a six sided dice. Well, yeah, but you don't know that, like, like no matter what you roll, it can be anything. It can be one through six. No, if it can't be have, anything. It can only be one. Well, through no, six. but it can be one through. It can be any possible one through six outcome. With with cards, 
eventually, once you get down to like the last ten, if you can remember like all the uh, like the majority of the previous, you know that like more than likely you're playing the game like that you're paying way too much attention to the cars and not enough attention to the game well maybe that's just the way i maybe that's just the way i've been trained like i used to play cards a lot with my with my family growing up and like you know i i it's funny because i'm defending this and i can't stand it either i hate cards as a random i i just i just don't like card mechanics for for, man, this, for whatever big, this reason big dice man big dice wants you to say that man don't let the only reason i don't you. like it uh on my end when it comes to role-playing games is so many role-playing games come out with a deck of cards that are used in some mechanical way in their game. And if not everyone has those cards, you have one person doing all of that work. Or one person has to bring that one thing. Dice is a common thing between all role-playing games. Everybody's got dice of some sort floating around their house. Yeah. Or whatever game. Yeah. But the card mechanic thing, like there's not... And, so many of these games come out and it's like, well, if you don't have our proprietary deck of really cool art cards, you can use a standard deck of 52 and just, okay, the clubs mean this. And it's that instantly I'm out. Yeah, I, that's the same thing with proprietary dice. I hate that. Like, if, if a game, that's another mechanic that I was going to say. Like, if your game has proprietary dice, more than likely I'm not going to pick it up and play it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just can't. Like, I, yeah, just, I just, like. I don't like dice that I can only use on one thing. Right, and if I have to decipher like, okay, this squiggle means something, and then this, like, no, just give me pips so I the can. The only exception that I have so to that is the is the fate dice, plus minus. Well, yeah, but that's I, easy. You know what? what that's a plus that's and minus what I mean. Like. If you're gonna use proprietary dice, it has to be a an easy, a super easy mechanic. If you have to consult a legend to see what, like, like Doug said, this squiggle means, no, sorry, I'm done. Look, looking at I you, mean, Star Wars uh, RPG <laughs> from Fantasy Flight I, Games. I, I thought the Star Wars RPG from Fantasy Flight Games was actually very easy to figure out when I played it. It it's you roll this die with that die. These symbols cancel out those symbols, and then do you have successes or do you not? And that's it. It's it. It wasn't. It wasn't hard. Okay, well, maybe I have to... Ben, you know what? Maybe you'll have to come on and, and run a session of, of uh, Fantasy Flight Star Wars game for me. Because I, I do have all the books. I love it. I, like, I, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I just don't... And that was Barney's... Uh, Barney left for the evening. <laughs> Barney, good night. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Uh, out. I, I guess maybe because I'm so strongly tied to the West End Games Star Wars RPG that, like... Old man that Doug, might get off be my clouding some of my, yeah. some of my judgment as far as, as far as that's concerned. Um, but yeah, I, I do I, feel like that's one of those games where if I sit down and play it with someone that knows how to run it, maybe mm -hmm. I will love it more. Kind of the way that I did with with Dune. Usually, I'm not a big fan of the two D twenty system that Modifius mm -hmm. puts out, but Will came on the show and ran the Dune RPG, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. It was probably the best two D twenty session that I've ever had. I think it definitely links to what you're familiar with like absolutely you know you're going to respond to these these better like i i actually really dislike uh most d20 systems because of how swingy they are but it's very easy for me to play so if i see a role play system that uses d20 i know i can i know i can pick it up quickly so i mean the mechanics yeah. won't be a hurdle yeah yeah right so yeah i um, a big thing when it comes to games you have a mechanic that exists only to be unique to your game for no other reason i'm not interested in your game anymore like 
it's, if it's something if it's something that's like just going to be like the only time you're ever going to do this is if you're playing this particular game i'm kind of i'm already like why what was the point of it then like if you're just putting in a mechanic just to have something unique don't bother put your time into, into setting or something else like don't throw a mechanic at me that has no purpose other than being your your, your unique little tag thing that you can throw on the uh, Ben, what what what's uh, what's one thing that uh, you? I'm sorry, we've we've kind of talked about uh, yeah. things that, that we've uh, that we kind of judge uh, prejudge uh, games on. What, what's what's another uh, thing? That, uh, what's, what's something that you you personally uh, look for? So I, I'm going to approach this from from my retailer aspect. Um, your game's got to have table presence. If it looks boring on the table, I'm probably not buying it to stock it on my shelf. Yeah. Because when people pick up that box, they got to turn it over, and just seeing the game on the back of the box has to get them excited before they've even done anything else. So, um, when, and when a game does that well, uh, games sell. And you know, if the game looks colorful and there's things happening and there's a sense of um, I guess a sense of movement to the game, even in a still picture, it's easier for for a game to to get purchased for for me to to stock it. Um, you know, I, I there are I probably get six to seven solicitation emails daily in the email box here at work and any of those emails can contain anywhere from three to eight games in them so i'm i'm seeing 40 new games a day potentially and i i've got to decide within moments if this is something that gets more of my time so if your game looks boring chances are it's I'm judging it already. It could be, you know, it could be an amazingly tactical, mechanic tight game. But if it didn't grab me just on the visuals alone, I, I probably am, am, am skipping it. And, you know, that's unfortunate. And then, you know, hopefully I discover it later through some other means. But, um, but yeah, graphic design is, is huge. And, uh, yeah. The first, like you said, it's the first thing people see. Yeah. Flip a box over and they're like, well, this looks like work. And they put it down and walk away. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, it's it's got to be something that just absolutely grabs you. Like if I reach down here and I pull out this copy of Root, I flip this over, I got colors, I got cool meeples, I've got like this game makes me want to read this text box. And right. then this, it from there, it, it moves on. Um, and it turns out Roots are an amazing game. Uh, it's one of my favorite board games. But if this didn't showcase the the meeples and showcase the really cool art on the board and maybe just had a zoomed out picture of a lot of little tiny colored pieces surrounding a, a table, I might I might skip it, you know. But because they focused on the right things, I, I pick up this game and and I immediately want to learn more about it. Absolutely. If the, other, the only other thing that's really kills me on a game when I'm picking it up is um, if it has a lot of uh, table mechanics. Like, um, everybody calls Pathfinder Math Hammer and stuff like that. 
and I know there's ways to get around that now, but there was a, a couple of games from my past, like uh, the Phoenix Command System, um, the Living Steel Supplements. There was it was a great, really fun game. It was really cool. The combat was really interesting. It was like Traveler, actually, where you could die in half a second. So I, I enjoyed that aspect of it just because of the pure silliness of it. But the tables, when you were fighting things, it was absolutely ridiculous. You would be, you'd be running around and you'd have to roll like a D1000 and you're sitting there flipping through like seven pages because the whole table covers seven pages. <laughs> yeah. And it was like stuff like that. I'm just like, no, this is not something I'm interested in at all. I think anytime you have to reference like something outside of the game, like in order to like, Anytime you have to stop the gameplay to go reference something else and then to come back to the game, I think that is a big negative as far as game. Like, you want to keep your players kind of in, like, I don't know, locked in. I I, I really think, you know, having to reference something else, um, I, I think just try not to have as much outside elements to your game as possible. Um, player count is also one of those games, one of those things that for me, if I see a game is only th is three players or more, more than likely I'm going to give it a pass. That's Just three. If it's three players or more, if it has, if the minimum required player count is three players or more, I'm more than likely going to have to pass on it. Is that for just like tabletop games, or are you talking like role playing games? No, no, I'm not talking role playing games. I'm taking, I'm oh, talking just tabletop. Board, okay, just board games, just board games. Just because I I know me as a player, and I know me as this household. Just getting one person to play with me in this house is a chore in itself. So. Getting three people, getting two other players is going to be near impossible. So having a game that, that's three-player is pretty hard for me. Like, as soon as I see it's three-player, more than more often than not, I go, this looks really cool, but I'm probably going to have to pass on it because there's probably no room for it in my, in my library because of the fact that it won't hit the table enough for me to justify spending money on it. I mean, that's just that's just me personally. That's just me personally. I don't I don't know. I was gonna say that's um, that's more of a more of a situational thing. Yeah, that's more of a situation. More so than thing. a game criticism. <laughs> right, right. Like if if my yeah. if my, if my house hold was more more board gamer, it more had more board game. Ben moved in, in next door. Right. If ben, <laughs> if, you know, I'd why be can't buying, Doug well, move next door to me? Why? Why do either I? Way, have ben, to move either way, Doug. Yeah, I was just I, we were just talking about Doug, so I figured that was the easy way. Um. But even then, probably, you know, getting a third person would probably be pretty difficult in this house because of the fact that, you know, I don't, I don't know, Ben, I don't, I don't know how much, you know, of a game, board game where your, your wife is, but my wife is, I don't think is. Yeah, I mean, but your wife. Hu she'll humor me every once in a while. Your wife likes me. She'd play games with us. Yeah, she <laughs> would every once in a while. Um, yeah, anyway, anyway, so, so the player count is usually one of those things that uh, if I see it's three player. Eh, I'll probably hold off and picking it up just because it's not going to be. I will um, say one yeah. of the one of the things that grabs me and like I'm immediately interested is um, I, I'm a sucker for dice 
chucker board games. Like not just role play games, but like any any board game where I accumulate a pile of dice in my hand and get to roll them, I'm on board with. Like you 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 have that as a mechanic in your game and I'm instantly like, "All right, so tell me more." Um, uh, a big dice one for this. Games. Yeah. I mean, I talked about um, I talked about this a, a few weeks ago um, when we were talking about games that we uh, that we should have liked but didn't really get into um, with with Race for the Galaxy and Roll for the Galaxy. Like, I wasn't keen on on Race for the Galaxy, but then they revealed Roll for the Galaxy, and I'm like, okay, let's go. Right. I, I want this at the table. I want these proprietary dice. I want this in my hand where I can throw these little plastic cubes across the table. And uh, it turned out I really liked it. Anyway, but I, there's been a few dice chuckers that I'm just like, ah, well, uh, this isn't great. But uh, but yeah, um, if you want me to take a quick second look at your game, put a lot of flashy, colorful dice, and tell me I can roll a lot of them. That's one of the yeah. one of the things that got me into Shadowrun actually back in the old days. Yep, was uh, having that dice pool availability because uh, that was the first time I'd ever really encountered the dice pool mechanic back in first edition Shadowrun, and I was like, you mean this is going to vary from moment to moment how many dice I get to roll? That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that, like, and again, Shadowrun did it well because they only use D6. But uh, in in future releases, I've seen other games come out where they use, for no apparent reason, a D12, a D8, a D10 as a mechanic just because they want to be different. And those are the yep. games that bug me. If, if your whole system is going to be based on D10, that's fine. But don't just make it a D12 for reasons, like whatever <laughs> reasons. Um, what about uh, game, game play length of time? Like, does that ever factor into whether or not you immediately go, uh, I don't know if I, like... <sighs> yes I like and no. Games. Yeah, like it's exactly. Yes, yeah. no is a good answer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It depends on the type of game. It, it depends uh, for me. Um, it, it depends on how long it will actually take to learn the game. If I can learn the basic game and the the mechanics in fifteen twenty minutes, but I know the game's going to take three hours, I'm more likely to want to learn to play that three-hour game knowing I will have an understanding of it sooner in its gameplay. But if it's a if right. it's a long game, which I'm not really going to understand until two hours into it, yeah. I'm not interested in that. Like, sure. I, I want to be able to feel like I have some amount of understanding faster than, don't worry, in a couple hours, it'll all make sense. So, like... <laughs> like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't want that twist in my board games. I want it in my movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a big thing for me too, actually. Like, I'll play a 30-minute to 45-minute game. If it's just a simple if it's just a simple game, that's fine with me. Um, but if you want me to play a three-hour game, I need to be able to understand what's going on very quickly. Like, give me a simple mechanic and let me play for hours. That's fine. If you want to give me a complicated mechanic, it needs to be very short. Otherwise, yeah. I'm going to say, no, why am I bothering? Usually, if a game if a game has variable time, like sessions per, per session, based on player count, knowing that if it's like an hour per person, 
Ugh. That's kind of a tough sell for me. Like, just because, like, uh, yeah. I, I, honestly, that's why I never got Star Trek Ascendancy to the table, is because at its core, if you know what you're doing, it takes 45 minutes per person. Right. If everyone knows what they're doing. So, like, and I, I love Star Trek. I love what the game was trying to do, but its player player length was, was too long for me. Yeah. Uh, Hungry Ewok says, depends on how much time I have to play games. Short game just before bed, long game uh, starting Saturday afternoon. Yeah, it, it kind of depends for me as well, but, like, a lot of the time, like, if I'm going to commit hours to a game, I'm going to have to either really love it. I'm not going to commit two or three hours to a game if I'm not sure that I'm going to like at least somewhat enjoy this game. <laughs> like, I don't know if, if there's any doubt that I won't like that game after two or three hours, then I'm probably not going to play it. So what about, um, what about games with variable game length that can that have the variable game length because of achieving a certain condition, maybe like Star Wars Rebellion. Yep, yep. Uh, Elder Sign. Arkham Horror, I think, is one of those. Because I, yeah. I, I want to hear the Rebellion uh, talk you teased earlier, Doug. What did, what did I say about Rebellion? Uh, you, you said you were going to talk about Rebellion a little later. Oh no, I I, yeah. I do love uh, Rebellion. Is one of those those games that's it is a it, it's like one of those games that was pricey that I knew that I would never be able to get to the table because of the fact that I in this house it would never get played because of the fact that A, my wife will never learn all the, the, the mechanics. And so, like, it, it just goes back to a couple of the things that we talked about earlier where, you know, it, it's going to be one of those games that I'm always going to have to play when someone else has a copy of it because like i just can't justify having a copy of it here because no one's gonna play it with me that's the other thing with with these types of games is like if i am gonna bring in a two-player game if it's if it takes like two hours to play my wife's not gonna play it so why justify buying it like so there's there's just certain things that i i just when i look at a game I look at those things and I go, okay, well, I'm not going to pick this game up because of this, this, and this reason. All right. Yeah. So the re the retailer in me has to ask the follow up question. Okay. Is it is it the fact that your wife won't play for two hours, or she doesn't want to play a single game for two hours? Like if you if it's the right okay. game, will right. she play it for two hours? Like will she play you know a 45 minute game twice in a night? Maybe or, it depends yeah. on if it depends on what the game is. Um, but she probably won't sit and play the the one the game for game. two hours. Two hours. Okay. Two hours. All right. That's Regardless. just a retailer in me wanting yep. to dig a little deep, <laughs> deeper. Yeah, no, the... no, no. That's fine. It's it's a good to, you know. Uh, but yeah. It, it, again, it just kind of goes back to my situation here at the house. Like I, this is, and that's kind of why I was kind of curious as to why and why I brought it up here on the show because of the fact that I was just kind of curious as to. I know what my situation is here and what I kind of prejudge and what I look for in a board game or, you know, not, mm -hmm. not so much with, with RPGs, uh, with, except for the dice and, you know, that, that kind of stuff. But 
like as far as board games are concerned, there are certain things that I look for and I'm just like, no, no, I'm not going to invest in that because it's never going to get to the table because I can't play it by myself or my wife will never sit down and play this with me. So I was just kind of curious as to where all of our situations are, like if we have similar, you know, things that we judge on. Ben, I, I assume that since you were a retailer, it probably did differ a little bit different, but it probably is a little bit different in your situation. Uh, but I, but the, that, and that was kind of why I was curious as to, you know, how different our situations are and how we prejudge games right off the bat as soon as we, we pick them up. And I know, Jason, you look at games all the time and you just like, you pick it up, you're like, yeah, no, I got to put this back. Yep. Or sometimes, or sometimes you like pick it up and you're like, I know I'm never going to play this, but it's going to, you know. It's yeah. Going on my oh, show. yeah. I have I have lots of that. I have lots of that, too. There's, there's lots of things I pick up just to read, and I have right. no intention to play. Just because um, I've, re I've read reviews or people that I respect and like their opinion, I'll actually look at them and say, okay, this book I need to read because they got something valuable of it, and I might do. Yeah, I, I, and I have games that are like that, too, I, I, where, especially role-playing games. Role-playing games... I, I, if a game looks, if a role, if an RPG book looks at least, you know, if it, if it is, interests me at all, more than likely I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to have it just to read for reference. Because A, I love to read about, you know, RPG mechanics. I love to read settings. I love, you know, all that stuff. So this kind of segment doesn't really apply a whole lot to RPGs for me. It's more board games and, and tabletop games more than anything else. Uh, Higgins says, the only issue with Rebellion is it's only two players. Yeah, and, so, and in this house, like I said, yeah. if, the, if there was a solo way to play that, I would probably pick it up. I, I, I will say, because I know someone in the chat will probably call it out, yes, you can technically play up to four players with it, it's not a four-player game. It's not a three-player game. It's a two-player game, and you're just diluting one player's actions it's, between two people. Right. It, it's just if, like dungeon crawlers when you have four heroes yeah. and you divide them up over two players, or yeah. you give each. Yeah. You know. it, it, it's it's a two-player game, but uh, but no, it's um, yeah, it's it's uh, I know. I know. Uh, uh, Hooker mentioned there. He'd he'd be willing to play with you. I'm willing to play with you. Hooker right. and I will play with each other, and we'll leave you alone. Probably, so, probably will. So. We probably, that's fine. I understand how it is because you guys are up there, and I'm way down here in the, the middle part of the state. So that's how it is. I see how it is. Uh, um, I'm, I'm, I am really excited to uh, get back to conventions and events, and hopefully, 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 knock on wood, we'll be able to get to those at some point. We can actually game in person uh, a little bit more often just not with jason because jason lives all the way up you know thousands of miles away <laughs> we could skype him in yeah. yeah you could i would definitely yeah i would just have to have uh, <laughs> a proxy available to move pieces for me maybe one of barney's kids <laughs> there you nice. go there you go there you go uh one one last uh, one last uh, thing before before we sign off do does a publisher do you ever prejudge a game based on the publisher either in a positive or negative way is there ever a publisher that you go like oh my god this is a publisher this is a game that i 
I don't know if I'll ever play it, but since they put it out, I want to pick it up. Or is there like a publisher that you're like, mm, yeah, I'm, I've never been a real big fan of their games. I think I'm probably going to pass on on this one. Uh, yeah, I'll go on the record and say both. There, there, there are some publishers which I know I will definitely want to try at minimum, uh, and I most likely want that. Um, and there are some publishers I'm just like, oh, they're doing another game. Cool. I don't need to worry about that. And that's that's me as a personal like right. person. Um, there's definitely um, some of that as as me as a retailer. There are some publishers that oh they like oh that's an interesting game that's being released who's the publisher oh it's that uh maybe i won't carry it at the store too deep just because you know it's it's may not have the best track record or right. maybe i know that there's going to be production issues um you know there uh, and there's some publishers that like yeah i'm not too interested in that game but uh it's going to sell like hotcakes uh, one of those like uh, steve jackson games uh, I'm not a big fan of any of the game design that Steve Jackson's put out recently. The Munchkin games are not for me. Um, I can't keep them on the shelf. People love them here. So while personally it's a no-go for me as a retailer, oh, they're putting out a game? Guess I better buy some. So, Well, usually they're, they're pretty affordable games in general with, with yeah. Steve Jackson games. You know, it's... Yeah. So I, I, I can kind of understand as far as some, some of that's concerned. Um, Jason, what about you? Is there is you don't have to name any like publishers. I, I don't no. you know. I don't expect well, you to, but you know. It, I mean, there's there's some publishers that um, I don't. It's not. I don't want to say I don't really have a lot of respect for them. I just I don't care enough about what they're doing to actually be interested in what in picking up anything they're doing. Like um, cool mini or not. Is one that I, I said just, you didn't have to. I didn't said you didn't I know, have to I, name anybody. I'm, I'm I'm willing to. I don't mind. It does, I don't like their games. I don't. I haven't ever. And I see. I see one of their games pop up, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. Who cares? Move on. The the cloud the cloud over Canada isn't the wildfire. It's it's Jason it's, throwing shade. Yeah, so. yeah. It's, uh... I just I don't like their games. I mean, they put out a game. It feels like every three to four months now, and they're they I I've I know no one who consistently plays any of their games. I know lots of people who pile into their kickstarters because they're so ridiculously full of stuff that they're hopefully probably going to use somewhere else maybe i don't know but like i know lots of guys who have box after box of zombie side and stuff like that i'm pretty sure that's simon right yeah yeah um and they've only over they've opened the core box and maybe one expansion box and they're afraid to open the rest because they're just going to have an ever-growing pile of minis to paint so like stuff like that it's not that i dislike the well i don't particularly care for the company's business model but I, i'm not going to say the games are bad i just have no interest in them at all so as soon as i see simon on a game i'm like pass I'm like i don't even give it consideration i think i, I think for me like come on i guess that's how they're they're pronouncing their their new company now uh, they used to put out some pretty decent stuff like they seem to have a lot more hits four or five years ago. But now it seems like they've shifted away and they're more like, okay, this is, we're just going to make minis games and the board game element of it's kind of like secondary. Um, 
so I think they've, they've recently the, their games have kind of you know been a hit, kind of more misses and hits just in the last you know two or three years. Uh, I don't. I, I can kind of understand where you're coming from, Jason. I you know previously you know I would have you know when I probably four or five years ago if it was Simon or Come On Project on Kickstarter I would have been like oh man you know this is going to be great you know the production value is going to be you know, awesome. There's going to get so many minis, you know, the game is going to be somewhat decent. Now it seems like, mm, I'm really kind of choosy as far as, as what, uh, what I back on, on, uh, back on Kickstarter for them. Um, I, I, I look, I, I look at tons stuff. of games. Yeah, I do to too. You, thanks to you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, there's, there's lots of times when I look at a game and I'm like, okay, this is, and I guess maybe because I've been playing games for a long time now, I look at it and instantly I'm relating it to something that I already know. You know, like I see a dungeon crawler game come out and I'm like, oh, it's like X game or Y game. Do I need that? Is this new? Is it yeah. different in some way that well, is compelling? Like, this kind of goes back to the whole descent topic. Like, mm-hmm. I've got a whole bunch of different dungeon crawlers. Does this does does this descent game do anything different that the other ones like, is there mechanic mechanically, is there anything that's going to draw me into like wanting to play this game over some of the other ones that I already have? I'm curious about the idea of the app really. guiding how the game plays. Um, I'm curious to see like, is that, is that it'll be interesting to see how that integration works actually on the table. Like, Cause a lot of people will look at it and say, ah, oh, God, it's an app. I don't want to pick that up. I mean, it's going to be obsolete in two years or whatever. I, I always have to have an iPad on hand or a phone or whatever to use the app kind of thing. Um, but I, I, I want to see games like that succeed. Like the Funkoverse thing with the interactive board map and everything like that. I, I want to see games like that succeed because I think it really probably is a, a big part of the future of gaming. But yeah. no one has really done it to the point where it's been like a smash hit. Oh, 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 no, I'm going to disagree with that, Jason. Okay. I, 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 got one that, I got one that you should try if you, okay. if you, um, the XCOM, the board game. Yeah. That utilizes the app amazingly well without sacrificing the tactics and the strategy that get laid out on the board itself. Yeah. Um, I, I play and, those games on my PC. Yeah. Yeah. Play, play, play a board game. Play the board game yeah. with the app. Uh, it's it. The app is great in that it randomizes enough of the things that pop up, but the app doesn't get in the way because ultimately the app is mostly just a glorified timer to keep the game moving. But because it can randomize things that happen, the game never feels rote or programmed. Even which is funny because you had to program the app, but yeah. <laughs> I know um, what you mean. <laughs> but. But, but yeah, uh, XCOM the board game I think is probably the best implementation of an app uh, that I've seen uh, in a, in a tabletop board game, and that's I mean that's four years old now. So yeah, like you know, it was one of the first to do it, and it did it the best. And yeah, I agree that a lot of stuff has fallen short since then. So okay, cool. I'll check it out. Yeah. <sighs> All right. I guess that's going to do it for this episode. We're coming up on the two minute or the two hour mark. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us. If you watched all the way this far, 
greatly appreciate it. What are you doing with your life? No, wait, sorry. I meant thank you. Thank you. For thank being. you so much. I appreciate you. You should know that um, if you haven't already hit that subscribe button, hit that subscribe button. Uh, we'd love to have you join us every single week uh, whenever we go live or whenever I upload, upload new content. We'd love to have you uh, be a part of our, our YouTube community. Uh, I want to thank everyone that joined us in the chat. Uh, thank you to Ben. Thank you to Jason. Thank you to Barney. This has been the Chaotic Goodcast episode 112. We'll see you all next week. It was chaotic, but it was so good. Thanks so much for watching this video. Uh, if you would be so kind, make sure you hit that like, comment, and subscribe, all the YouTube jazz that we're supposed to do here. Uh, it really is greatly appreciated. And if you'd like to support us more, uh, you can uh, check us out on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com backslash victoryconditiongaming. We have all sorts of Patreon perks, and it definitely helps support our show. Thank you so much. So the actual worst thing about the Descent game, Doug, mm -hmm. is the way they packaged it. All the cardboard, there's like, two inches oh, yeah. of thick cardboard up here. It's crazy. So it's, it's so top-heavy top and heavy? awkward. Oh, it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's bad design. Stuff. It doesn't stay on the shelf well. I'm going to squish some little kid. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like I I knew as soon as we brought up the, that the topic, I was going to go off on it because like – uh, well, I'm in that other group chat uh, where where you uh, you dumped it in us and the uh, between the other uh, couple of store owners and you. So <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, I knew your opinion, and maybe that's why I threw it in for new at the store. <laughs> He's I, trying to set you off. Doug. I really like the last thing I want is for for copies of these to sit on retail shelves. It, because of the a they're, they're they're quite pricey, and b they take up a lot of retail space. Yeah. So I, I do crazy. hope that the folks that are excited about this game get it, and they're truly excited about it. Because there's nothing worse than buying a, a big, like, like what Jason just said about this. The, the, come on, uh, Kickstarters. There's nothing worse than investing a whole lot of money and then just going, yeah, this gameplay isn't that great. I, I hope it. I hope everybody loves it. I just, for me. I don't think it's going to replace anything that I already have. There's I mean, nothing. and that's that's a valid concern with collections as big as things like you have and I have and Jason has. Like something has to really wow us to get into what we already have. So right, yeah. I mean, I just packed. Like we're like literally, I, I've got like a couple, three dozen large boxes of games that I just packed up because we're trying to you know we're trying to get the house to get ready to sell on the market and you know it's like oh whoops did i not have i not said that already Hello? i don't know i was not aware oh no <laughs> anyway now, now now the world knows doug's leaving us i it, it's just uh, you know it's like do I yeah. really need to add this to that, you know, to those I, boxes? When I look at the only game that I've looked at in recent memory that I've actually been, you know, I really actually want to get to play this game at some point that comes in a monstrous big box is Gloomhaven. Because Gloomhaven. I have I have three friends that like playing the game, and the only thing that's really stopped me from getting it is it would pretty much just be me and my wife playing it, and it would be me trying to convince my wife to play it because not really her level of interest. You know what you should. You know what you should get. You should. You should try first before you you, you sink in and, and and 
pick up the uh, the, the the big mambo jumbo Gloomhaven. Pick up Jaws of the even Lion. Opened that yet? I haven't. You were it so excited to buy that on Amazon you know, Prime Day. Deal. It was like you haven't 20 bucks. even opened it yet. I'm so mad at you. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to. I've got other stuff that I've got to get. I've got to get uh, done. Pick, pick. I mean, that's a much lower price point. Plus, it's it's so much easier to like set up and take is down. It's basically and, the same as the core game, though. Like, yeah, it's it's version. basically the same thing, only a smaller, you know, a smaller. It's, it's, uh, it's a little bit. It, it's it's a standalone expansion, basically. Okay. So. And it it has maps, which are nice. It has a book of maps, so you don't have to like lay out tiles. Oh, so you just yeah, okay, yeah. You, see, you know what I'm saying? So you just open one up the pages. Is, that's one thing I've seen on Kickstarters actually that's kind of interesting is the they have these big um eight and a half, well, I think they're even bigger than eight and a half by eleven. They're like, you know, D and D sized textbooks, but they're coil bound and they fold mm. open to have battle maps on them. Mm-hmm. Um I've been looking at a couple of those Kickstarters and I'm like, that's actually kind of a cool idea. Or if you just need a really quick small area, like hey, a tavern or a boat or you know, a, a single room in a dungeon or a couple of rooms in a dungeon, just go blah. Yeah, there's right. a there's a couple of games uh, board games that are adopting that as well. Uh, Stuff Fables is one that yep is is really good it's a and good game. yeah uh, there's another one coming out pretty soon that's an adventure book game and it's not produced by uh, Fantasy Flight. It's another another company that's doing it and I can't remember what it is now. Oh, good thing this is post credits and will be eliminated. <laughs> yeah, but Jason, I'm, I'm gonna tell you. It's a smaller box, so it doesn't take up as, as much space. And, you know, you get that Gloomhaven feel without having to spend all the Gloomhaven y money until. And, this, <laughs> and, then if, and then if you love it, you can always go and find the, the bigger box. Cool. Cool, cool. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. Doug hates Descent. <laughs> Doug hates everything. Doug, get off Doug my hates, lawn edition. Get, get off, get off my lawn. This episode. He likes pants. Uh, actually, I don't <laughs> have pants like... on tonight. Oh, good. well, thank goodness we didn't conbods then. That would have been awkward. I have shorts on. That's why. Yeah, conbods, man. I'm failing at that horribly. How can I help? Um, go over to his house need, and slap food on his hand. Come down there, and run with you. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think. You just got to give me better jeans. Can is there a way that you can? Well, you're wearing <laughs> shorts. Of course, you need better jeans. It needs a higher metabolism. <laughs> I, I just need uh, better genetics. That's. Uh, I'll write your mom and dad. I'll just be like, "Hey, come on, <laughs> why'd you do this? Well, why'd you have to do this, to Doug? Poor old Doug." <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll see you all next week, folks.